The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, there is some news that isn't Russia-related for a change, making it to CNN. Uh, Yeah, it looks like everybody is reporting it, ladies and gentlemen. United States intelligence agencies are reporting that North Korea has managed to miniaturize a nuclear warhead. We'll get into that in the course of the flip-around coming up here on the Chris Salcedo Show. Telephone number, 888-933-93-888-900-3393. Now look, I know, I know what you guys are saying. That some of you are probably going, yeah, right, this is just really too convenient. Um, I don't know. They've been working toward this for a while, ladies and gentlemen. I want you guys to catch the show live, theblaze.com slash radio, Blaze Radio smartphone app, iHeartRadio app, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher for on-demand listening. Check out the Chris Salcedo Show on social media, if you will. Go to the Facebook page, the Chris Salcedo Show, uh, over on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX at C H R I S S A L C E D O T X, as in Texas. Uh, if you want to catch up on the Chris Salcedo Show on a daily offering basis, you know some of the highlights, if you will. Go to theblaze.com and you click on the channels section, and then you'll well, actually you're going to see a whole. You're going to see Dana. You're going to see Doc. You're going to see. Uh, everybody here at the Blaze, Glenn, and uh, make sure that you guys like their channels as well as well as ours, uh, because you, what you will find when you sample throughout the programming here the vast array of programming, in particular when it comes to to Jeffy and Pat and Stu. <laughs> there's a wide, wide variety of stuff to choose from. Whatever floats your boat, if you will. All right, uh, th- this is. Somewhat breaking news. Word is now getting out throughout the intelligence community that uh, North Korea has successfully miniaturized a nuclear weapon. Let's uh, well, let's see what they're talking about over at uh, over at CNN. It's probably Trump's fault, but let's give it a try. If the U.S. stopped its you know military exercises with South Korea, the U.S. is saying no way. We need to be ready just in case. Um, wh- what's the strategy? Is it is it getting North Korea to the table? Um, to have some sort of conversation to, to stop this before it gets any worse? What, what, what do you foresee? Uh, correct. I, I think uh, conversation is, is vital uh, to solving this issue. Uh, military um, conflict on the peninsula would be catastrophic. So I think the only option we really have is to start talking with the North Koreans to see what they want, uh, to see what the administration wants. Really, that's, that's what we have to do? That, that has been the M.O. for every administration since the Clinton era. It was that type of strategy that allowed North Korea to become a nuclear power to begin with. Oh, let's, let's see what they want. Let's give in to the blackmail. He's right about one thing, that it will be catastrophic on that peninsula, a war. Uh, the minute that shots are fired, Seoul, South Korea becomes a crater. And we have allies there. We have troops there. Uh, There has got to be more strategy than just giving the the crazy fat kid what he wants. 
That's the reason why they developed a nuclear deterrent. Are we going to allow the world to be blackmailed by a crazy nutball? Now, I guarantee you that was going to be the strategy if Obama had still been president. It would just be to pay, to, to, to pay him off, to give the North Koreans anything they want. There has got, there has got to be... Uh, look, th- this is a game changer. And there are going to be calculations being made right now that if North... And you know what? China's going to have to... If China doesn't want all-out war on that peninsula, they're going to have to step in and step in now. Now is the time. Sanctions, the sanctions that just passed over the weekend, they don't have the time now to take effect. They don't have time to punish North Korea. The only technological limitation I can see that I've heard of, ladies and gentlemen, is that on a nuclear warhead, they have not been able to sufficiently isolate the nuclear nose cone upon reentry. So you fire off a missile up into the up into the ionosphere and then it angles back down, stratosphere, and it angles back down toward the Earth. And upon reentry toward its target, there's a tremendous amount of friction. The nose cone has to be able to withstand that heat or the, or the warhead, whether it be conventional or nuclear, will incinerate or blow up the missile. If they have found... A, now, miniaturizing it is the biggest hurdle forward so it can fit onto a missile delivery system. Now all they got to do is figure out the shielding and we could be months away from a fully nuclear capable, if these reports are true, coming from the intel community. If they're true, we could be months away from a North Korea that is nuclear ready to harm us. To Basically, they're already in range of the West Coast. And according to some military analysts full striking distance of the united states let's get over to uh MSNBS. 30,000 U.S. servicemen and women uh, who are based in, in South Korea. Uh, there is a, a suspicion, a very strong and good suspicion, that, for example, uh, the North Koreans have special forces in South Korea able to act uh, and attack, if you like, from within uh, that country. And one of the reasons why this is uh, such a dangerous game, and it's not a game, uh, it's such a slippery slope, if you like, is that uh, once North, North Korea begins to do that, if it begins to fire artillery, if it begins to activate special forces, the U.S. and its allies won't know whether that, for example, is the beginning of a greater offensive by North Korea and potentially Washington gets pulled into taking more action. Right. So uh, what we're talking about is, is, is the real fear. And this has been the, the problem for D.C. For, for many, many years is that if the U.S. takes action to try to strike North, those North Korean uh, nuclear capability and, and missiles, uh, then North Korea responds and it really escalates. All right, here and uh, and Ken, don't go too far because this. Yeah, uh, and those special forces, the South Korean special forces, are also on the north side. Uh, don't don't think they're not. But still, those special forces can only do so much. Those those shells start firing, folks. That this is we're talking about the loss of life and in, into the millions. And. That's over there. If the North Koreans are able to miniaturize 
which the reports indicate they can, a nuclear warhead, mount it successfully on an ICBM, an intercontinental ballistic missile. Immediately, the west coast of the United States is under an immediate threat. They were already under threat. Now it's, now it's okay, how good is our intercept system? How good is our missile intercept system? From the tests that we've seen recently, ladies and gentlemen, it's 50-50. As crazy as California is, the government out there is, I'd have no wish to see my countrymen incinerated by a nuclear weapon. Fired by the likes of Kim Jong-un. Um, it, it, this is the day we had all dreaded. And now it's here. Administration after administration after administration. From Clinton to Bush to Obama. They tiptoed around. They danced around. Bribed. Gave billions of U.S. dollars to this madman's family. And they have since taken that money and developed a nuclear program, starved their own people, developed a nuclear program, which now conceivably can come and hit us. Don't misunderstand, ladies and gentlemen. North Korea would fire one missile and would be obliterated. The entire, I mean, we have enough... Well, we have enough conventional warheads to do the job, but our nuclear forces are incredibly more formidable. The amount of catastrophic human loss on both sides, and I'm not talking our side, I'm talking North and South Korea, and the and China, the outflow of individuals streaming across their southern border, you think we're concerned? I would love to be a fly on the wall inside of the halls of China right now. No, no, don't misunderstand. I don't, I don't think they're fearing that they could be hit by a nuclear weapon courtesy of North Korea. Th- what China, the Chinese are afraid of is that we will be forced to act, and we will. The development of a nuclear weapon in the offing months away means that America will act. We have no other choice to act. And that's and that scares the living daylights out of China. We'll talk more about this. Get your thoughts. Uh, some of you are already tweeting me. Coming up on the other side of the break, it's Chris Salcedo Show here on the Blaze. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the Blaze Radio Network. You know what I just noticed? I was qualifying the entire time I was telling you guys about the breaking news about North Korea. I was qualifying. If this is true. If this is true. You know, there was a day when without reservation, without question, with complete confidence, 
I would side with the United States intelligence community. Without, without, without doubt, I would. But now I question because some in this intelligence community have been leaking profusely to damage the president, the people elected. Regardless of their motivation, there's no respect in that. So when those in the intelligence community start operating in in a political manner, you start calling into question uh, other bits of information that, that they say, oh no, trust us on this one. And I, I am loathed to tell you this, but I did it subconsciously. I did it out of, a, out of a, a knowledge and an understanding of how corrupted the intelligence community, the IC, has become because of the preceding eight-year occupation of the Oval Office by President Obama. Which, by the way, these strides that North Korea has made, they did many of them in the last eight years while America looked elsewhere. Or, to be, to be more precise, nowhere. There was nothing that President Obama would have done, not a finger he would have lifted to confront a problem like this. And don't uh, don't misunderstand me, uh, and because I'm sorting through all of this and processing this just as you guys are. The way I am seeing this is that the United States cannot allow North Korea to have a fully functioning nuclear weapons delivery system, intercontinental nuclear delivery system. Hell, short range, doesn't matter. We have allies and troops short short range as well. So this revelation, and again, I got to qualify it, if true, has just elevated the prospect of war and a very messy and bloody war because you got it doesn't take a genius to figure out what's at stake here we we cannot allow this to happen and th- this for all of you who have kids and if Okay, I've got to go through this step by step. I don't want to say that war is imminent. There is still a chance, although the revelation that North Korea may have miniaturized a nuclear warhead makes that chance, even, even for China to step in, less likely. The only thing that I could conceive that would get North Korea to dismantle its nuclear program, dismantle its intercontinental ballistic missile program, is a pledge of unified troops from China, from Russia, and from the United States. Anything short of that, Kim Jong-un is nuts. And he thinks that, and he's probably right, that Russia has nothing to fear for now, from North Korean nukes. 
that China has nothing to fear right now from North Korean nukes. The only thing that Russia has to fear is a destabilization of world markets. If war breaks out, it's, it's bad for business, in particular the energy business. Um, that's number one. Number two, it's bad for China. The, again, the human tragedy on the peninsula aside, those fleeing that tragedy will stream across that Chinese border seeking refuge. And they will have a humanitarian catastrophe on their hands. China, despite all of their posturing, they can't handle it. Their economy is a communist economy. They can't handle that strain. Hundreds of thousands of people streaming across that border. It would be a disaster for their economy. It would be a disaster for, the, for culturally. So China has every, every uh, incentive not to have war break out. The United States, we have a different calculation. We have, as I said, allies in China and in South Korea and troops in both countries immediately. Not to mention our West Coast, and according to other reports from the intel community, North Korea's missile technology gives them the capability to strike almost anywhere in the United States. So all of those matters on the table, and the principal fighters right here being the United States and North Korea, there's no doubt of who's going to win, ladies and gentlemen. There's no doubt. What's what's in doubt is just how high the death toll will be on that peninsula. And we are talking catastrophic loss of human life. And what I'm afraid of is that that eventuality will be enough to, set, to, to signal to the West, oh, we better give in to the crazy fat kid. Give him whatever he wants. And that's precisely why they developed the nuclear program. If, if he gets whatever he wants and he doesn't have to give anything in return, uh, uh, that's, that, that can't be a policy that I'm going to be for. Because uh, I can already hear Democrats and extremist liberals over here saying, oh, he has nuclear weapons. You idiots, we have nuclear weapons too. It's and not to mention vastly superior conventional weaponry. Um, being held hostage by the likes of Kim Jong-un is not appetizing to me, nor is seeing more of my taxpayer dollars being thrown at that crazy guy. Uh, President has commented, I believe, on this situation. We'll try to turn that around. And get you guys the very latest up. Coming up on the program, Congressman Michael McCall. We'll see if we can ask him about that. Coming up, the Chris Salcedo Show. You're listening to the Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. On the Blaze Radio Network.
Chris Salcedo. Uh, the president of the United States was speaking moments ago about uh, North Korea. Have a listen. North Korea best not make any more threats to the United States. They will be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen. He has been very threatening uh, beyond a normal statement. And as I said, they will be met with fire, fury, and frankly, power, the likes of which this world has never seen before. Thank you. Thank you, he says. Okay, so look, I've got to say, ladies and gentlemen, that in times like these, all of this division and snarkiness inside of the Trump administration, the division within the government uh, concerns me the most. In particular, in Trump's own inner circle. And one of the big question marks, I don't know if you guys have heard much about this, uh, about Trump's inner circle as of late has been H.R. McMaster. And Fox News was talking about this uh, just, uh, just last night. James, we often deal with speculation in the Beltway, but the Beltway has been buzzing with speculation that General McMaster, National Security Advisor, may be pushed out or may leave the National Security Council. What's the latest there? Brett, of course, this is not the first time this kind of speculation has focused on General McMaster. He did take advantage of the change in White House Chiefs of Staff to send three NSC staffers packing. That prompted a backlash among conservative news outlets and pundits, including Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram, who challenged the general's usefulness, even his loyalty. Uh, Yeah, and, and they're not the only ones, folks. Our next guest, Richard Manning, is the president of Americans for Limited Government, a group that identifies, exposes, and works with Congress and state legislatures to prevent the continued expansion of government. Manning was a George Bush appointee as the Public Affairs Chief of Staff at the U.S. Department of Labor. Mr. Manning, it's great to have you back on the show. Hey, Chris. How are you doing? I'm doing well, sir. And you wrote a piece that, that kind of echoes what, uh, what Sean and what Laura were, were on about. Uh, Trump should fire McMaster and the entire NSC staff. Explain. Yeah, I wrote it because there's the massive leak of the Trump, President Trump's transcripts of his uh, telephone conversations with both the president of Australia and the president of Mexico. To me, the president of Mexico was on the phone with President Trump in the Oval Office with the expectation that that was a private conversation so they could discuss different ideas and figure out how to solve some mutual problems we have. President Trump had the assumption that that was a conversation that was not in the public domain. They, they expressed various points of view and some give and take, and yet then it ends up on the front page of the Washington Post. It was a, na- it was a National Security Council document. It came from the National Security Council, and, and McMaster is the head of the National Security Council, his national security advisor. That leak in and of itself Made, did so much damage to the pre- capacity of the President of the United States to conduct foreign policy that is almost inestimable. No foreign leader can talk to the President of the United States in the Oval Office with any expectation that anything they say is not going to end up on the front page of the Washington Post. And as a result, you will not get the give and take needed, and he will be hamstrung in terms of doing his job in some very, very difficult circumstances, which we see now in North Korea, where the president should be able to be on the phone with the Japanese prime minister, with the South Korean prime minister, president, with the, um, with the president of China, and talk about this to try to solve this problem with an expectation that the, that the entire world isn't going to read the conversation tomorrow. 
Yeah, no, I, I completely concur. Uh, I think uh, your quote about the damage being unestimable is 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 quite accurate because it sends a message that the American government's in chaos and that uh, the deep state is solidly against the individual who was chosen by the people to run the country. Uh, let me let me run some other things by you because you're not the only one writing about the NSC staff. Uh, front page magazine, Daniel Green uh, Greenfield talked about how Colonel Derek Harvey came up with a list of Obama holdovers who he strongly believed were were part of these uh, part of this leaking. Now, McMaster, the, the the head of the NSC, he refused to fire these Obama holdovers. And that sent up a red flag to the to the Bannon folks inside of inside of the Trump White House. What do you think of that? Well, I think it shows where where McMaster's loyalties lie. Um, you know, he is purging. He was purging prior to General. Contrary to the lead-in quote, the people, many of the people who were fired who were Trump supporters in the NSC were fired before the Rice Priebus was ousted. So this has been going on over a period of time. Um, the, and McMaster has, has sided with the Obama holdovers time and again and is very comfortable with the Obama holdovers. And these are people who worked directly with Ben Rhodes in the Obama administration to sell the Iran Treaty to the American people and basically in a, completely falsifying what that was all about. It's a we're basically dealing with the Obama administration continuing to exert massive amounts of influence inside the White House because General McMaster won't deal essentially accepts the Obama holdovers as being trusted advisors that he wants to depend upon. And that undermines Trump's ability to do his job. Uh, Richard Manning, our guest right now, president of Americans for Limited Government. And uh, by the way, folks, we should mention that, that Donald Trump has tweeted his support of H.R. McMaster. Another thing that has come up uh, from Greenfield's reporting is that uh, McMaster himself banned the term Obama holdovers, uh, wanting to very much uh, take those from the Obama administration and make them his own. And not only did he did he get rid of Harvey, he had also assembled uh a holdover list, the guy who put the the holdover list together, he also put a target on Ezra, I, I believe I'm pronouncing this guy's name, Watnick Cohen. He was the guy who exposed President Obama and his officials uh, unmasking Trump personnel. And so that, that that's the guy, and, and then McMaster got rid of that guy. And he also got rid of a guy named Rich Higgins, who Rich is a, is a friend of mine, so I'm a little biased here. But Rich yeah. is a brilliant guy who happened, who wrote a memo detailing how the uh, the deep state was uh, effectively undermining Trump policy. And that memo ended up on the president's desk. The president handed handed that memo to McMaster and said, this guy's brilliant. We need to take care of this. And McMaster's response was to take it and fire the guy who wrote the memo. So, you know, this is the, this is what we're dealing with right now in this administration is you have this. It's almost yin and yang in terms of who's going to be in charge and what's going to happen. Ultimately, it's President Trump's decision. President Trump has to decide who he's, who he wants as an advisor. He has every right to do so. But what we're trying to do is to inform the president through a variety of different means that some of the people around him may may talk a loyal game to him, but their actions betray the fact that they aren't necessarily Trump loyalists 
and and are not providing a diverse point of view that's different from the one that he'd be getting from the State Department or elsewhere where Obama loyalists also still reside. Yeah, you know what, and that's and that's troubling to me. Not so much that H.R. McMaster may not be loyal to Trump, which is important, but also about uh, many are calling into question his loyalty to the country because it is also alleged in this piece by Daniel Greenfield that H.R. McMaster demanded that President Trump refrain from talking about radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorism in those terms, talking about it in real stark terms. Again, it's a, it harkens back to resident Obama and his inability to even say radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorism, much less combat it. So uh, th- let me ask you this point blank, Mr. Manning. Do you think H.R. McMaster is on board with with those who elected Donald Trump to speak some truth and to act on dangers to the United States of America? I think he's more, much more comfortable with Obama's approach to things than with Trump's approach to things. And he views his mission to try to um, bend Donald Trump to uh, the what he probably perceives as the real politic of the world. And that's a um, and I, you know, putting me in a dangerous position, trying to put myself in somebody else's mind. I I, I would never uh, ascribe um, a lack of loyalty to the country to him. There's a disagreement. The problem is he's purging out everybody who disagrees with him and everybody who actually agrees with the president. And when you get right down to it, the president of the United States has to make a decision. And if he does want, if he wants to surround himself with people who don't agree with his the positions he's taken around the country and continues to take, then he's going to face a very difficult time getting anything he says he wants to get done, done. And you know, so ultimately that's the challenge. And it's a challenge that the president's got to own. He's got to say, you know, this is my administration. It's not McMaster's administration. And I'm going to do what <laughs> I think is right. He is president of Americans for Limited Government. Richard Manning, everybody here on the Chris Salcedo Show. Sir, always appreciate the time and expertise. Come back again. Anytime, Chris. Thank you very much. All right, folks, we'll keep on talking about what's happening. The breaking news in North Korea. Apparently, according to U.S. intelligence officials, they have the ability to miniaturize a nuclear warhead. This is a game changer if, and I have to stress, if true. Back in a minute here on The Blaze. Dial in, let it out. 888-900-3393. This is the Chris Salcedo Show, part of Generation Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network. The Chris Salcedo Show. You heard the lady, 888-900-3393. That is the number. Let's get out to Massachusetts, talk with uh, Scott. Hey, Scott, welcome to the Salcedo Show. What's on your mind? What's up, Chris? Nice to be back on air with you. How are you? I'm doing well, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, What is your reaction to the breaking news today? I'm telling you, I think it's more breaking than even perhaps you realize. As of seven minutes ago, this is on Fox News, and this is a quote. President Trump gave a statement, and I quote, If North Korea threatens the United States again, they will be met with fire and power, the likes of which the world has never seen. Yeah, as a matter of fact, let me play that for the folks in his own words. Listen to this. Hold on. North Korea 
best not make any more threats to the United States. They will be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen. He has been very threatening uh, beyond a normal statement. And as I said, they will be met with fire, fury, and frankly, power, the likes of which this world has never seen before. Somehow, Scott, you know, I can't envision Barack Obama making such a such a uh, <laughs> strong statement as the president just did. Can you? I mean, no, it's it's I mean, you know, what? I'm laughing because what you just said is funny, but the situation isn't funny. But no, Obama was a joke. And thank God we finally have a leader in the White House. I mean, these these are troubling times. Things are getting very serious. And the and the wild card here is China. I don't know where it's going but something has to be done. We can't allow this maniac in North Korea to be uh, possessing nuclear weapons that could wipe out a wipe out a city in this country. It's unacceptable. And See, yes, I got I got to tell you, man, because this this is what's going to happen. The phone call, if it hasn't been made already, it will be made, and the president will lay it out like this, and he'll have his entire security team around him. Uh, president Xi Jinping, uh, the United States will not allow a threat like this to exist to our sovereignty. So you either have a choice. You either get them to dismantle their their program now or the resulting bombardment that, re- that comes from the United States to make sure it's not a threat to us anymore will cause a catastrophic, not only loss of life in North Korea, but will also uh, result in an exodus that will overwhelm your southern border and throw your economy into a deep recession. Tell me which one you want to do, President Xi Jinping. I, I agree. I, I believe China is just as culpable, maybe on a slightly smaller scale than North Korea, but they've allowed this to happen. And as much as Obama's allowed this to happen by doing nothing for eight years. Nothing. Don't forget the Clintons. Don't forget. It was Bill yeah. Clinton. It, it was his deal that allowed them to nuke up to begin with. You're right. You're right. Liberalism is a mental disorder, Chris. You know my favorite statement. But I'm telling you, my personal prediction, and I'm not privy to any information that anybody else is, but just my instincts that, at the risk of sounding cocky, have been kind of correct over the years. I think this is going to go down within two weeks, and it could happen any minute. And when I say go down, I mean bomb bomb out, take out uh, North Korea's power plants nuclear power plants. I'm just afraid of the repercussions. I mean, this could, I don't want to be overdramatic here, but this could be the start of World War III. No, no, you're not being overdramatic and you're not being rhetorical. You know what? World wars have started for far less than this. And then, and then, and then if North Korea gets attacked, then what will the response of the international community be? Again, it is unacceptable in a terrorist regime like North Korea's to have nuclear weapons. It's unacceptable to the world community. The world just voted for crying out loud, uh, unanimously, 15 to nothing, to sanction them over their provocative uh, uh, posturing. And I, I think that right now the world community is already on record. And, and how huge is that UN vote? I mean, how now it looms large over everything, does it not? It does. I've never quite been a fan of the U.N. anyway. It's a spineless debating committee that never actually does anything. I'm not, I don't think I think the U.N. is silly. I don't I don't put too much stock in it. Well, um, no, no, no. But there, but these nations, these 15 nations are on record now. So they can't okay. go back and say, oh, no, 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 we didn't mean it. Oh, well, <laughs> sorry. Uh, it is. Uh, it, it, you guys said this was dangerous. And now America is going to act. 
because yeah. now it is it has reached a new level. So I I don't think any of the hand ringers inside of the United Nations would have much of a leg to stand on. Do you? No, I don't. They're, like you said, they've spoken, and uh, I, I think the world is realizing that the the United States is back. We're not messing around anymore. The, this is serious business, and. Uh, Chris, that's about all I got, man. Thank, Thank you so you, much for taking my call. You betcha. Scott in Massachusetts, everybody. You guys want to weigh in on the potential of war? Sure, feel free to do so. 888 You found the Chris Salcedo Show, the Blaze Radio Network. My buddy Doc Thompson jumps in with me next. Be right back. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network.